Good evening, Good evening, gentlemen of all sizes, ages, and uh, creeds over here. Right? It's uh, just again. So once a once a year, once a year, I have to make this statement. So we'll make it now. Um, the Thursday night Chumash and Challenge here accepts all students and participants, regardless of religion, ethnicity, creed, background, or um, age. Or age. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, we're good for another year now. Um, you know, the government, we get a lot of government funding over here with the child. Actually, we don't, but we really should. We really should. Uh, maybe if they find out that we're, you know, all inclusive over here, we'll have to get money for the child. But anyway, anyway, let, let's 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 get to the matter hand, which is this is our last Thursday night Chumash and Shalant Shear of the year, fifty-seven eighty-three Tush and Pei Gimel. Next time we'll be getting together. Bezer Shemesh should be next week. Next week, Thursday night, a week from now, I say it's going to be true. There shouldn't be, um, there should be a shear. I hope to make it. There's actually a bar mitzvah. There's a bar mitzvah in town. Yeah, Rami knows what I'm talking about. But we're going to have a shear either way. The next time we get together is going to be next year. This is the last one of the year. And um, <clears throat> as such, we're going to shift ch- topics a little bit. Instead of talking about Parshas Hazinu, we're going to talk about Rosh Hashanah. Tomorrow night's Rosh Hashanah. And the timing this year is that our Thursday night Chumash and Shant is uh, the last night of the year, right before Rosh Hashanah. So be very appropriate. It would definitely behoove us to share some words about Rosh Hashanah going into Rosh Hashanah. So we have uh, some focus, some direction, and hopefully take advantage of the, the awesome, amazing day that is going to begin tomorrow night. And <clears throat> Rosh Hashanah has to be understood, really. You got to understand what Rosh Hashanah is all about. What, what are we supposed to be doing on Rosh Hashanah? What's the avoid of Rosh Hashanah? What's the mindset? On the one hand, so everybody knows that Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Hadin. It's a day of judgment. The Mishnah Meseches Rosh Hashanah says this, right? That's Arba Rosh Hashanah Heim. There's four Rosh Hashanahs. And, and, and later in the Perak, later in the Mesechta, we're told that the the first day of Tishrei, what we call Rosh Hashanah, call Baye Oilam, Oivim Lafan of Kivnei Maran. Hashem judges the entire world, one at a time, single file. We all march by Akash Baruch in single file. We're judged. We're going to be judged for the new year. So it's a Yom Hadid. That's very clear. It's a Yom Hadid. At the same time, there's something very perplexing about this day of judgment, which is, if you think of the day of judgment, we're being judged for the new year. And we're being judged on the basics, on the basis of this past year. Kodesh Baruch Hu is deciding what's going to be with us. You know, he goes through every single person's file. Should I renew their contract? Are they going to get a promotion? Are they going to get a demotion? Are they going to be moved sideways? Are they going to be moved up, up, down, or maybe this fellow's contract is not getting renewed this year? We know what that means, right? Everybody is. Passing by Kodesh Baruch Hu, single file, there's no safety in numbers on Rosh Hashanah. We're all being examined and judged for the coming year on the basis of our past year. Right? The Rebbein Shem is, 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 is making a call. Well, you know, let's see. What, what, what are we going to do with you this coming year? How did you do this past year? Let, let, let's sit down and figure it out. Like any CEO of any corporation, that's exactly what Rosh Hashanah is. Rebbein Shem is the CEO of the grand corporation known as the universe. Each of us has a job there. We want to get a renewed contract. We want to let it get, We want to get a lot of perks, a lot of benefits. We definitely all want promotions this coming year. And like any CEO, Ramesh, you're right. You want to raise. You want a promotion. What does the CEO ask? What's the first thing he asks you? 
Well, well let's, uh, let's see if you deserve it. Let's see what you've been doing this past year. Do you deserve a promotion? Do you deserve a raise? Do you deserve, do you deserve to come back next year? So it's a day of judgment. And it's a day that we're being judged for the entirety of the coming year. And we're definitely being judged, like any boss of any corporation, any melech, any king, any CEO, any president on our job performance. That's the case. We should be spending the entire Rosh Hashanah doing what? What should we be doing? The entire Rosh Hashanah. Tshuva. That's right. That's right. Do I say that ladder, David Aaron? Doing tshuva. Doing tshuva. We should be doing tshuva the entire Rosh Hashanah, coming to Rebbein Shem, crying and weeping and wailing, saying, okay, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we Taka had a, you know, a dismal year. We had a miserable year. We had a dismal, miserable job performance. We could have done a lot better. We all could have done a lot better, right? You know, I'm speaking on behalf of all of you here. Um, okay, myself too. We all could have done better. We all could have done better. And we look over our shoulder, you know, it's a little scary. You know, this is, I'm going to be examined critically for everything I did this past year. And on that basis, Hashem's going to decide what the coming year is going to be like. We should be spending the entire day of Rosh Hashanah doing tshuva. And we don't. We barely spend any time doing tshuva on Rosh Hashanah. Tshuva gets a scant passing mention, the barest of mentions. The closest we come to doing tshuva on Rosh Hashanah is, is Avinu Makenu. Well, we say a few times Avinu Makenu over Rosh Hashanah. And this year, on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, which is the Doraisa day, we're not saying Avinu Makenu once. The closest we come to doing any kind of tshuva. And we mention a little bit, you know, Chatanu Lufanecha, the beginning of Avinu Makenu, our father, our king, right? And, and that's when Rosh Hashanah falls out during the week, not on Shabbos. This year, there's no Avinu Makenu. And where's the tshuva? We know tshuva. The tshuva is, Hashanu, Bagadu, Gazalnu, Chatanu Lufanecha. We're busy with that on Yom Kippur. We're busy with that during Slichas, the days leading up to Rosh Hashanah. Hashanu, Bagadu, Hashem, Hashem, Karachim, Vichanun. On Rosh Hashanah, there, there's no mention of, of any of that. We're not doing Hashanah Vagana, we're not saying Vidui, no confessionals, no clapping, we're not panting our chest. We're not asking Hashem for mercy. And it seems quite incongruous with the fact that it is an awesome and fearsome and intense day of judgment. Where's the tshuva? Why aren't we doing tshuva? What are we doing instead? Let's, let, 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 let's focus in a little bit better. And we're not doing Shuvah. What is the focus of the day? What is the theme of the day of Hashanah? Instead of doing Shuvah, which again gets the barest threadbares of, thread of, of mentions, and this year it doesn't get any of it, we're, instead we're focusing on the fact that Hashem is the king. Malchi is, we're Melech HaKola Oretz, we proclaim Hashem as king, we accept Him as the king, we announce him as the king. We <clears throat> advertise, advertise him as the king. We tell the whole world about the fact that he's the king. We change the, our, the basic format of the avening from Akel Kadosh to Hamelach Kadosh. Hashem is the, the, the holy king. That's the theme of the day, is that Hashem is the king. And the question is, as we would ask in Talmudics, my what, what's up over here? What's going on with this? Why is it that such an a, a, a intense day of, of critical judgment that is going to be relevant to us, our families, our welfare for the entire coming year, 5784, and we're being judged again for our past performance, we are not doing any tshuva, and instead we're focusing on the fact that Rebbein is the king, he's the melech, and we proclaim him as the king, 
And, and how are we supposed to get a good year from just doing that? Where's the tshuva? Where's the accounting for our, our, our uh, past deeds? Where's the... Where's, where, where are we addressing that? And, and, and let's ask this better. How do we put the whole Rosh Hashanah together? How are we supposed to put this together? How are we supposed to put this together? What's the focus of Rosh Hashanah? What's the mindset of Rosh Hashanah? And the fact that we are really lacking that is exposed is exposed in a very, very sharp way by the, the, the questions that we're asking over here, which is the, 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 what we do talk about in Rosh Hashanah seems to be very, very, very out of sync with what we should be talking about because we know that Rosh Hashanah is this awesome and fearsome <clears throat> day of judgment. So it's like this. Let's begin, indeed, with this question. And the truth is, the question may be, in fact, not just the question, the question, but maybe the answer. As we said, Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment, and it's an awesome day of judgment, and it's a fearsome day of judgment. It's a day of judgment that we're being judged for the entirety of the coming year, and we're being judged based on our job performance, like any boss would do, any CEO would do that, right? You want a promotion? Let's sit down, let's, 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 let's uh, check you out, let's audit you a little bit. You want... A, a bigger salary? You want health? You want a corner office this year? You want a Mercedes, a company car? Let, let's see. Let's see if you earned it. Let's see if you deserved it. Anything that we want this coming year, brachon hatzlacha, good health, nachas from our children, happiness, success, not having to worry about parnasa. It's all based on how we did, and we're gonna have to be judged on this past year. And, as we said, that all makes for Rosh Hashanah to be a very fearsome, a very awesome, and a very terrifying day. It's terrifying. The accountability, the level, the level of accountability that we have to have on Rosh Hashanah is awesome and fearsome, and it's terrifying. Because we do have to, indeed, answer and account for every single dumb thing that we've done over the past year. And we are coming to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're just asking... The basics, we'd be happy with the basics, we want the basics plus, right? Sefer Chaim, Baruch, Vashonim, Farnosa, Toivo. We want everything. We want the basics, we want life, but we want, we shoot all the way to the top. Give us Parnosa, give us Chaim, Toivo, Vashonim. And Akadosh Baruch Hu is going to do what? He's going to open up the books and look at every dumb thing that we did. And it's terrifying. And it's so scary as Rebershal sees in his master in front of him. Who not only not only is terrifying to us, who panics on, on Rosh Hashanah? The Malachim. We say in Unasana Toikev, right? One of the highlights, one of those powerful sections of the Davani on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is Unasana Toikev. We say before Kedusha, we talk about what's going to be, what, what goes on on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. We talk about how scary it is, we talk about how terrifying it is, and we say, Even the angels are shuddering, the angels are trembling. Malachim Yechafezim. You see it over there? It says, I don't know what page it is. But it's, it's, it's in Musaf. It's in Musaf. In the repetition of the, the Chazan's repetition of the Amidah. And it's right before Kedusha. And we say, Malachim Yechafezim. The angels tremble and quake. And they say, Mi Who can survive Hashem's judgment? Even the Malachim don't think they can survive. Ah, oh, certainly. We can survive judgments. If we need to answer and need to be called out for every set, every single 
dumb thing that we did this past year. All the mistakes we made. All the time that we wasted. Forget about our virus, right? Just think about all the time that we wasted this past year. All the time that we could have been more productive and we weren't productive. We're going to have to answer for all that, Rabbi Yisrael. We are going to have to answer. Rosh Hashanah is exactly what it sounds like. Yom Hadin. It's a day of judgment. A day of judgment and a day of exacting, bitter, harsh judgments. That's why the Malachim are, are, are quaking and trembling and terrified. Niyamayt Bedin. Who could withstand such judgment? Not us. We can't either. The Malachim are terrified. We're also terrified. So, the first step in understanding what Roshan is all about is to realize, yeah, it's a day of intense, demanding judgment, severe judgment, and we're really fried chicken. We're fried chicken. There's no hope. It's, it's a lost cause. It's a lost cause. Because how indeed and how on earth are we going to defend ourselves? How are we going to answer for all these things that we did? There's no defense. There's no defense. Now, Hashem had certain expectations. Hashem had certain um, requests, certain instructions, and, and we just fell short. We didn't do it. And that we fell. We plummeted. And there's no one that can say otherwise. There's no one that can say otherwise. Me, Bedin. We're really toast. We're toast. We're fried chicken. So what are we going to do? How do we get through Rosh Hashanah? How are we supposed to make it through the Yom Hadin, the day of sentencing, the day of judgment, this harsh, exacting demanding day of judgment, of, of accountability, where we walk by single file, we can't hide behind anyone, I'd love to be able to hide behind Yitzi, right? Yeah, how tall are you, Yitzi? Six foot? Six three. Six three. I'd love to be able to hide behind Yitzi, you can't hide behind anyone. Right? We all pass by the revenge of single file, no hiding behind anyone, no safety in numbers. What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to survive? How are we, A, supposed to survive the judgment, but B, how are we supposed to be written and inscribed for a, a beautiful new year? How are we supposed to be Vesefer Chaim, Taivim, Shalom, Farnasa, Taiva, Nizachar, and Nikasev? How are we supposed to be written and inscribed in the book of life, the book of health, the book of well, Parnasa, the book of success? How are we supposed to do it if we're being judged so bitterly and so exactingly and there's no way out? You know what the answer is, Rabbi Sai? The only way to survive Rosh Hashanah and survive the din of Rosh Hashanah and be written and inscribed for a new year is one thing and one thing only. We have to figure out how to sidestep the din. I have to figure out a way around the din. Because if we're going to face din, we're going to face judgment, there's no way out. There's no way to survive. We have to figure out how to sidestep the din, meaning how to try to find a loophole to circumvent the judgment process and find a way that we should be written and inscribed for a wonderful, happy new year in spite of the fact that our records are kind of bleak. We have to figure out how to avoid the din, circumvent the din, and sidestep Hashem's judgments. How do we do that? How do we do that? The answer is, there's only one way to do that, and this is really ultimately what Rosh Hashanah is all about. The only way to do that is to tell Hashem, look, God, I know I had a, a pretty rotten year. I know I didn't do everything I was supposed to. I know I wasn't up to task. And I, I kind of disappointed you. But it's in your best interest to give me a good year nevertheless. It's in your best interest to give me a good year nevertheless. You know why? Because I'm indispensable to you. 
You need me. I'm indispensable. I'm indispensable. You can't get rid of me. You can't get rid of me. I'm someone that's indispensable. I'm, I, I'm, I am indisposable. You need me, Hashem. Even though I've had a rotten year. How do we do that? How do we pull that off? How do we make ourselves indispensable to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, If nevertheless, you know, we had such a rotten year. And that's, that's a... Good luck, right? Good luck. Again, let, let, let's give our let's shift sideways and talk about the CEO. You have a CEO of a big company, a big corporation, a guy who has a lot of employees, a lot of people working for him, and he's doing he's doing the uh, you know the uh, performance the performance reports and everyone. He's auditing everybody. He looks at this guy's record. This guy's supposed to, you know, he's supposed to be in charge of um, of um, driving the truck that delivers the windows to the construction sites. That's all he was supposed to do, right? And he doesn't even install the windows, he doesn't caulk the windows, doesn't buy the windows, doesn't figure out how many windows they need. All he's supposed to do is just pick up the order and drive the truck to the construction sites, deliver the windows. And this guy has yet to show up even one time for work. The entire year never showed up. The very big company, so he like kind of slipped through the cracks. But they're always asking where he is, they always have to get someone else to pick up the order and do the delivery. This guy has yet to show up once, just to simply pick up the pick up the windows, drive the truck, pick up the order, and deliver them to the construction site. He hasn't done that even once. So he comes to the boss. He says, "Boss, I'd like uh, I'd like to discuss my contract for this coming year." The boss says, "Okay, one second. Okay, let's see. Well, according to the files over here, you, you you never showed up once. You didn't make any deliveries. We always had to have somebody else filling in for you. This is what I your 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 supervisors have told me. Uh, it looks like you never clocked in, and when you did clock in, you were you were playing." Uh, Solitaire the whole time. Um, tell me exactly why I should take you next year. Tell me, tell me what he said. I, oh, I want you to take me back next year. And I'd like to negotiate my salary. I'd like a raise, please. And I'd like uh, a company car, a company truck. And I'd like you know some perks and benefits over here. And the boss looks at him like he's crazy. So you haven't done your job the entire year. Tell me why I should even think about it. And like what, what? Tell me why I should even contemplate taking you back at, 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 a, at a, even at a lower salary and the guy looks at the boss and says because i'm indispensable you need me you need me i need you i need you like a lochem cup right i need you like a hole in the head i need you like an intro and toenail i need you get out of here and he sends him flying so what's going on how do we say this three bunch and we said just now that the, the din on rosh hashanah is so awesome so frightening so terrifying there's no way to survive the din like the malachim tell us malachim there's no way out, there's no way to survive. Rather, we said the only way to survive is to sidestep the din and to come to Kaddish Baruch and say, Rebbein Shalom, you need us. You need us. We're indispensable to you. We are indispensable. How, how does that work? How do we make ourselves indispensable to Kaddish Baruch Hu? How do we make ourselves invaluable and irreplaceable if we have had such a dismal job performance this past year? The terrorist is Rabbi Yisai. There is one person that is indispensable to the CEO. That the CEO can't get rid of, regardless of his performance. Regardless of how lousy of a job he did, there's one person the CEO can't get rid of and he's never going to fire. Who's that? Customer. The customer? That, there's so, there's someone, someone who works, the person that works. Well, okay, that's Lamdish. The son. The son of the CEO. His son. He's indispensable. The son of the comp- of the CEO, the CEO is not going to fire his son. 
going to find a way to keep him on board. going to find a way to, to encourage him. He's going to find a way. He's going to bend over backwards. Bend over backwards. Bend over backwards. To find a way to keep him on board. Why? Because the sun is different than any worker. Any worker is indispensable. There are a dime a dozen. I can get lots of workers. Lots of workers out there. I'll post, a, you know, a, 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 a post somewhere that looking to hire workers. You know, good, good salary, good benefits, good, good terms. I'll have, I'll have a dozen applicants, in, you know, in, in the first uh, five within five minutes. Workers are replaceable. Workers are indispensable. Are, are dispensable. Workers are disposable and they're replaceable. A son, my son, is irreplaceable. Is indispensable, and I can't get rid of him. I have a limited amount of sons. I have a limited amount of children, and I can't just, you know, go like that. Put out an ad and get more kids. I don't have extra kids, right? Anyone have extra kids? Yeah, but firing him doesn't mean he's... Yeah, well, the, the muscles, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know how far to take the muscle, but the muscles, Lysabras Oisen. Lysabras Oisen. Who has extra kids? Ramesh, have extra kids? Who's extra? Who has extra kids over here? Anybody have extra kids? Speak to someone, whether, whether you're talking to someone who has two kids or 20 kids. Speak to someone who has 20 kids and ask them, do no, you have any extra kids? No, I don't have any extra kids. Nobody has extra kids or extra money. Nobody has extra... <laughs> I don't know if he's going to have extra money either. <laughs> um, nobody has extra kids. Right? It's a, right? You agree with that, you see? Sure. Nobody has extra kids. Every kid is, is, is... I love each of my kids separately, individually. Each of my kids I cherish. Each of them is, is special. Each of them is special. E every, you know... No matter what your parents tell you, each of their children is special in their own way. Okay? No matter, don't believe what your parents tell you. They love each of you, you know, equally. They really do. Um, or, or, or at least they hate you uniquely. No one has extra kids, Rabbi. So no one has kids to spare. A child is indispensable. A child is irreplaceable. Mimela, if we're going to figure out how to sidestep the din of Rosh Hashanah, how do we avoid the din? You know how we avoid the din? How do we get a good year, a good coming year, in spite of our past performance? By making ourselves irreplaceable, by making ourselves indispensable to Hashem, by making ourselves children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We may have to make ourselves a son of Hashem. Hashem's son. Hashem's, Hashem's son or Hashem's daughter. We have to make ourselves children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the only way out. Now, let's put a number of things now come into very sharp focus. We asked earlier, how come we're not doing tshuva on Yom Kippur? How come we're not saying, Hashanu Vaganu Gazalnu? How come we're not saying, al How come we're not clapping? How come we're not doing conventional tshuva on, on, on Rosh Hashanah, rather, on Rosh Hashanah? The answer is, it's a joke to do tshuva. It's ridiculous to do tshuva. It's, a, it's inadvisable to do tshuva. The moment we do tshuva, what are we doing when we do tshuva? We're addressing our averis. We're addressing our crimes. We're addressing what we did wrong. We're asking Hashem to forgive us. There's no way out. I'm just trying to forget about it. The din is too severe. It's too exacting. It's too harsh. It's dangerous to talk about our various on Rosh Hashanah. Because the Yom Hadin, it's Hashem, is taking account of every single thing that we did. We say on, 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 again in, in the davening, right? Hashem, nothing is forgotten from you. Nothing is concealed from you. Everything is revealed. Everything is seen. It's a mistake. It's an error to mention our, our obvious. The moment we mention them, we're in big trouble because we're addressing them, we're acknowledging them, 
And and Hashem says, okay, let's 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 start to deal with them. We can't address our averus on, on, on Roshana. We can't start to do tshuva on Roshana because there's no way to answer for what we did. And if our averus are being brought out, they're being put on the table. There's no way we're going to get a good New Year. It's impossible because Roshana the din is too exacting, too harsh. That's why we don't do tshuva on Rosh Hashanah. That's why we're not mentioning our Averis anywhere. That's why they don't even get a pad. They get the barest of mentions in, in Avinu Akin, and this year they don't get any mention. It's dangerous to mention our Averis on Rosh Hashanah. Everybody understand? That's why instead the focus of the day is being mamlich Hashem. Crowning Hashem, accepting Hashem as the king, proclaiming Hashem as the king, and announcing Hashem as the king to the entire world, including ourselves. What are we doing when we make Hashem the king? We are making ourselves children of the king. Let's explain this now. This now, hence we arrive at the Avoidah, hence the Avoidah of Rosh Hashanah is crowning Hashem as the king, accepting Hashem as the king. But this is the key. This is the recipe to a successful Rosh Hashanah and a, and a sweet new year. And this is the only way out, the only way forward is indeed to accept Hashem as a king because this is the ticket to making ourselves irreplaceable. We want to be sons of Hashem. We want to be children, sons and daughters of God. Sons and daughters. We want to be children of God. But what does it mean to be a child of God? What does it mean to be a son or a daughter of Hashem? Hashem doesn't really have any sons or daughters, right? We, 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 that's, you know, we, we slug that up. That, that's, a, you know, outside of Judaism. That's, that, that's a, that, we, we, don't, we don't subscribe to such notions, such thoughts. Hashem doesn't have any biological children, right? Hashem doesn't really have kids. Hashem is Hashem. Hashem can't have kids. Even if Hashem would want to have kids. You know, Yitzi, let's say a heretic stops you in the street. Let's say someone outside the Jewish faith stops you in the street and says, could God have kids if he wants to? Could God have a kid if he wants to? What would you say back? No. But isn't God all-powerful? Yeah, but he's above. Right. So, so people ask silly questions like that sometimes, right? These are the classic apikarsisha questions. You know, can God create a rack that he can't pick up? Anyone ever heard that one before? Yeah. Can God create a bowl of shalom that he can't eat? No, he can't. I but if he's so powerful, how could he create a rack that he can't pick up? How could he, how could he, how could he, you're saying, if he, even if he wants to have kids, he can't have kids, he's right, he can't have kids even if he wants to. Isn't he all powerful? Yeah. The answer is always, he's so powerful that he can't have kids. That's more or less what Yitzhi was saying. Shem is so supreme, so lofty, so powerful, that he can't make a bowl of chomp that he can't eat because he'll be limiting himself, right? He can't limit himself. He's too powerful to limit himself. He can't have kids because he's too lofty to have kids. He's too unlimited to have kids. Kids is a limitation, having kids. Okay. Hashem doesn't really have kids. Biological kids. Yet, we have to make ourselves children, sons and daughters of God, to be able to circumvent the din, to be able to be written and inscribed for a new year in spite of our job performance. So how do we do that? How do we make ourselves children of Hashem if Hashem doesn't really have this concept of kids? The answer is, what does it mean to have a kid? A child, as we say, is someone who continues and perpetuates my legacy. A child is someone who carries on in my ways. He's someone that is the, we would say, the memalem um, He's the mamshich Darkoi, he continues the path of the father, he perpetuates the legacy of the father, and he brings out what the father stands for to the world. That's what a child does, a real child. And that's really why every parent ultimately doesn't have extra kids. Uh, certainly, we, all, we love every single one of our kids, we love them to pieces. 
we love them to pieces. But on a very, very deep level, we all know instinctively, we understand that my child is the one who is my continuation in this world. We're here for a limited time. We're only here for 120 years, right? We're only here for 120 years. Not a long time. Not a long time at all. The years go by quickly, Rabbi, say. They really do. They tell me that the Rebers are almost here for five years. That's what they say. Philadelphia. It's crazy. Nuts. Five years. Right? Okay. Went by very quickly. Um, We all know that we're here for a limited time. Our children are our ticket to, in a certain way, to immortality, let's say, that's a, that's, a, like, that's a weird word, let's not use immortality, but eternity, to my continuation. Whatever I was able to bring into this world to impart, I'm giving over to my kids. Whatever I was not able to finish, my kids will pick up the reins, my kids will pick up the threads. My kids are here, you know, we try to do a good job raising them. We try, we try our very best, we do try, we do try. And hopefully we, we, we knock something into their heads. And we have, hopefully, a certain, at a certain point, a certain security that I have a continuation over here. I have a hemshech. I have a hemshech. A child is that, is exactly that. My legacy, my perpetuation, my continuation. They bring out what I stand for. And they keep it going. They keep it going. And that's nachas. You know, we talk about nachas. We get a nachas from our kids. A nachas note, right? You get nachas. What does it mean to get nachas? Nachas really means seeing that what I believe in, what's important to me, is continuing through my kids. That's nachas, you know? That's really what nachas is. You get nachas when someone else's kid davens nicely, says a bracha nicely, says amen, shares nicely. That's nice, okay. I don't get nachas from that. But when it's my kids, I get nachas. Why do we get nachas from my kids? It's nachas of seeing that there's a continuation. There's perpetuation over here. So in short, a child is there to continue the parent's legacy and the parent's work in this world. That's really what a child is. And that's why a child is indispensable. That's why a child is irreplaceable. Because if I don't have my children to carry on my legacy, to carry it further, then what do I have? I, 120 years, but then, you know, then it's, it's uh, Shabbat Shalom, right? See you in the next world. That's what the child is, 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 is uh, valued and treasured and cherished for on a very deep level. And that's how we make ourselves children of the Rebbein Shalom. How do we make ourselves kids of Hashem? How do we make ourselves kids of Hashem? By saying, Hashem, I may have had a rotten year. I may have had a dismal year. I may have had a miserable year. But I'm here to continue your legacy. I want to continue your legacy. I want to be a representative of yours. I want to be someone who brings you out in this world. I really want that. And I really, really, really want that. And what's the best way, and the only way, and the most concentrated way of me expressing that to you on Rosh Hashanah, which is the critical moment of truth, which is going to determine if I get another year, if I don't get another year, what kind of year I'm going to get. What's the, what, how do I do that on Rosh Hashanah without having to deal with my Averis by saying, Hashem, you're the king, you're the melech. I have that clarity, I have that insight, I have that recognition on Rosh Hashanah, Hashem, you're Melech al You're the Melech and you're the only Melech. And your word is final. Your will is supreme. And there's nothing but what you want in this world. And I accept that. I understand that. And I resonate with that. And I live for that. 
If a person is really able to pull that off on Rosh Hashanah, he's able to make himself a ben, a son, because he's able to say, Hashem, I recognize that there's nothing that's important in this world but your will and your interest, and I want to be a pipeline for that. And I do that by making Hashem the Melech. When I do that, I made myself a ben to Hashem, a son of Hashem. I made myself someone who's going to be a representative of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, carry out Hashem's legacy, and then Rebbe Hashem looks at me and says, you know, I, need, I need this guy. Actually, I need this guy. I need him around. Because I need sons. I need daughters. I need kids who are there to perpetuate my legacy. Okay, maybe he had a rotten year. But look, look at his sincerity. And look at the identity that he's giving himself today. Now look what he's proclaiming. He's proclaiming me as the Melech. He gets it. One day, the, the finally, Rishon, he finally got it. He gets it. He gets it that I'm the king. And he gets it that he's here to be Mamlech me, to proclaim me as the king and bring out my kingship into this world. He gets it. Let's give him another year. He needs another year because I need him. I have a limited amount of sons. I have a limited amount of Banim. And all my sons are indispensable, are irreplaceable. That Rabbi Sai is the essence of Rosh Hashanah, and that's the ticket to a Rosh Hashanah. That's the ticket to a sweet and happy new year. Again, what do we want to do in Rosh Hashanah? We're not doing Shuvah, we're not thinking about Shuvah, we're not thinking about our Averis. We're thinking about what? Hashem is supreme, Hashem is the Melech, and our role in Hashem's Malchus, our role in Hashem's kingdom, and that we have that one clear, blindingly clear realization there's nothing in this world of value other than Hashem's will. The only real reality is Hashem's reality, is Hashem's will and Hashem's vision. And we accept it fully and we want with full sincerity, with all of our essence to be a part of that. We accept Hashem's marvelous. Hashem, I want to have that role. I want to be someone that can bring you out in this world. We made ourselves into a Ben. And Hashem says, okay, let's give this guy a promotion. Let's renew his contract, stamp the contract, give him perks, give him benefits. Because look who he is, look what he's prepared to do. And with that, we're able to circumvent the din. And with that, Rabbi Yisai, we should have a wonderful, amazing Rosh Hashanah. We should daven well. We should all be nichta v'nechtam l'chaim toivim arukim u'l'shalom. We should be written and inscribed for a beautiful, sweet, and happy new year. It should be a year of good news, a year of good tidings, a year of good health for us, for our families, a year of prosperity, a year of of, of bracha and hatzlacha we should all be zaycheh together to be mamlech HaKadosh Baruch the melech machi amlachim and to earn our place us and our families in his kingdom for this coming year and see all together a beautiful sweet and happy new year